Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell. I am the co-host and that is Kurt Souter. He's the other co-host. If you have one co-host, you have to have a second one. So Kurt is that and he is the president of President. I got You got to come up with a cool name. I, it's the chief bottle washer. Of Further Still Ministries. Ministries. There we go. Yeah. It's got, he has that on his card actually. Chief bottle washer washer at anyway so that's kurt souter i'm chad russell this is solid steps radio and we are a show for men by men talking about things from a man's perspective and we know some of the ladies listen and we appreciate that but we want to talk to the guys and there's a lot of noise out in this world there's a lot of podcasts and radio and tv and social media and you are bombarded with a lot of noise and we just want to be some good noise hopefully that you will hear something in our shows that will uh, you know point you in the right direction and uh, we believe you are made to walk with God through Jesus Christ and that that's where the name of the show solid steps and to walk with God we got to be walking on solid ground and uh, yeah so that's how we came about so we thank you for listening if this is your very first time thank you so much if you're a return listener uh, we really appreciate you guys. So, um, yeah. So, depending on when you hear this, you could hear this in any time because it may be probably we're hearing in the podcast. But when we tape these shows, we tape them on Tuesday morning. And as of a couple of days ago, Kurt and I both buried somebody very dear uh, to both of us. Uh, he was like a grandfather to me. One of my children are named after him. His name was Cecil McGee. And um, there was a word bouncing around my head all week when I found out that he had passed and 93 years old 93 married 68 68 years mm-hmm. to Frida there was a word bouncing around my head all the way up to the funeral and then even in the funeral it was really just cemented was the word surrender is that many a men many a people don't live a surrendered life they own their life and they do what when where they want to do and I've struggled with that too. There are things that I want to wrestle I've, back. I've, I've right? never struggled with that. <laughs> well, apparently lying is a problem with Kurt too. But, but uh, Cecil was not a perfect man, but he lived a surrendered life. Yes, he did. He, he had a surrendered mind and will and marriage. And he was given many things. He was one of the most generous people I've ever met. Not just with writing checks, with his time, with his... Um, with his uh, words he was just a generous man and he was a surrendered man and uh, so that just made me think about it and really just leads right into a perfect topic today we're talking about how to live a generous life so you know Chad it, it is interesting because Cecil he was generous in some uh, just like you said so many areas and it is just difficult as a Christian to, to live generously. And so we have got one of our experts with us, uh, Steve Carter. He's going to help us to learn how to live generously. That's right. <laughs> no pressure exactly. there. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure, Steve. But, um, you know, uh, Steve, I love the story. Um, when we think about stewardship and living life, you know, to surrender to the Lord and living generously, uh, first of all, I'm going to have you tell the story, but in, but from your perspective, describe stewardship, because many times when we hear that word, we kind of think, oh, it's, we're going to talk about, we're going to have some campaign and, and we're going to talk about money. Yeah, I think you're right, Kurt, that stewardship's really lost its meaning in the church, right? Uh, so often people think that it's just about a fundraising campaign or, oh, oh, it's that sermon that we hear once a year where the preacher makes us feel like we should give more money. And that's really not what stewardship is about in 
God's word and what God intended. It, in part it is, but um, in, in the full complexity of what the Bible teaches about stewardship, you have a kind of a, a, a little working bullet points of, uh, describe that to our listeners. Yeah, right. I think stewardship's central to the life of the Christian, and the reason I think that is because of what God's Word says about it. First, it says that everything we own belongs to God, and you can't really get stewardship right until you kind of start in that place. Um, Hold it. So my car that I just drove here is his. Exactly. And But, but I bought that home that we're, we're you know, paying for. Kurt, don't say that. My car looks like somebody opened up the back and put their garbage can inside of my car. So please don't say that the car is part of stewardship. <laughs> you know, I, I just know what God's word says. Right? Every, every bit of it belongs to the Lord. Right. And we are simply stewards yeah. of those things that he's entrusted to us. Psalm, Psalm 24 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. You know, and it's important to understand if he's the owner, that means we're not. And so often that's sort of a tension we feel. I think most of us say that, uh, we speak that, but to live that out is something that's much different. So, uh, so point number one, you know, that you would say everything belongs to God. Right. Second truth from God's word is that we are then his stewards. We were created to be stewards. Uh, a steward is just simply someone that an owner of something entrusts to manage his assets. And so let me give an example of that. Okay. Right? I have a financial advisor. His name's Bob. And he manages, I've given, given him uh, a lot of my money to invest. And so he manages my investment portfolio for my retirement accounts and so forth like that. And um, if I showed up for our you know, annual meeting and said, hey, how's it going? And he says, well, you know, I know you said you wanted to do this and that with your money. This is what your goals were. But I kind of decided to do something different. Well, I wanted to go use it for my own. <laughs> right, right. Do my own purposes or my own thoughts. And, I, you know, I'd fire the guy, right? That wouldn't be something <laughs> that I would be okay with. And so one of the key things about us being a steward is that we have to act in the owner's best interest with what he entrusts to us, right? It means that mm. if God owns it, then we're going to have a regular conversation with the Lord to say, Lord, I recognize what you've entrusted to me. I, you know, my money, my house, my car, uh, what would you have me do with it? And so that's a regular prayer we're having where we're constantly in communication with them about what is it that you want me to do with these things as opposed to having our own agendas. Well, that's convicting. <laughs> <laughs> well, right back to his point. It's what God's word says, right? Which is, is, which is your, uh, another point is really we have to just go back to God's word constantly. And, and uh, I, I, I've heard you say, Steve, that the Bible talks a lot about different topics, uh, love, and um, and there's some, uh, I can't remember how many times um, love is talked about throughout the scriptures, but it's hundreds of times. Right. And, uh, and there's some other words that you... Yeah, I had a, a friend of mine uh, did a study on this, and and said, you know, how many times does God's Word talk about love? And it's 686 times there's a specific verse about love, and 548 about faith, or 622 about heaven 
and eternity, right? These are all big topics, right, in God's Word. Mentioned hundreds and hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. But someone wanted to know, how often does God's Word, how many verses specifically speak to the topic of money and possessions, this issue of stewardship? Should we, should we have Chad take a guess? Take a guess? I'm going to say it's more than those. I'm <laughs> going to say, I'm going to double it, 1,200. It's a good guess. It's a good guess. Kurt, you already know the answer, right? I already so know the answer. No wonder you had a goofy this, grin right? on your face. You were trying to make me look bad, <laughs> which is not hard to do, by the way, but go ahead. So how many verses, Steve? 2,350 verses in God's Word, specifically around the topic of money and possessions. That's incredible. Ooh. In fact, when Jesus told the parables that he told when he was on earth. He told 38 parables. 17 of those parables revolved around the topic of money or possessions. So Jesus thought a whole lot about this and taught a whole lot about this while he was on this earth. So, okay, Steve, so, but we all struggle with this. And I love the story that you tell just real quickly, Mm -hmm. your honeymoon. Yeah, you know, uh, we all make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good to start a story about your honeymoon with we all make mistakes. And I mean, if you're going to make a mistake in your marriage, it would be good if you kind of wait a little while before you make that mistake. Not, I, on, the, not on the honeymoon. I did it right off the bat, as it, <laughs> and it happened to be around money. Uh, I had decided that we were going to go on a really nice honeymoon, and I hadn't really thought about how we were going to pay for that, but I knew, you know, I wanted to give Shelly a really nice honeymoon. So... My boss at the time, who was, you know, uh, twice my age and uh, quite a bit more wealth than I had, um, gave me the name of his travel agent. So I go over to his travel agent and I'm sitting across from her and I said, look, you're looking at this young man and thinking he doesn't have any money. So you're looking at the budget version of going to Hawaii, which is where we had planned to go. I said, I don't want you to do that. I want you to look across at me and go, look, he's got all the money it takes to do the very nicest of honeymoons. So show me what that looks like. I want to see what that looks like. Oh, my goodness. So I could tell by the look on her face, or at least in hindsight now, I recognize that she probably knew that was a bad idea, but I was the customer, so she was going to do what I asked her to do. And so she she starts pulling up these really high-end resorts and showing uh, me what it would take for us to do that, and I was all in. I'm like, that's what I want to do. Let's go. Let's do that. And so Shelly and I went on this honeymoon with no savings whatsoever <laughs> and put it all on a credit card and came back with thousands of dollars already on a credit card and in debt. And so we were just starting out our marriage, and instead of being able to buy maybe you know a kitchen table and chairs for our new apartment or mattresses so we could sleep you know <laughs> you have a sleeping bed. Uh, on a decent bed <laughs> right instead we're we're kind of um, in bondage to this credit card debt that we had uh, built up uh, on our honeymoon so not the best way to start well we've all we've all made those mistakes and, well uh, i'll tell you we're going to take a break we're going to come back with steve and talk a little bit more about what stewardship looks in everyday life and we appreciate you listening to solid steps radio Hello and welcome back to our second segment of Solid Steps Radio. Thank you for listening. And uh, we are talking today with Steve Carter, and uh, he uh, is all about stewardship and helping others learn about how to live a life of good stewardship. And if you have been a very poor steward of your carpet, and it is just ran down, got stains, and just need to get new carpet, you need to go to Carol Rogers Carpet One, and they will take care of you. They are the best in Louisville when it comes to flooring needs, and also Ellen and Credit Union. 
uh, is a local lender and uh, just they want to partner with you and they partner with us and we hope you will partner with them. If you have some financial needs or questions, please contact Ellen and Credit Union. Then Bright Star Home Care, they are some folks that really in a very difficult time in some people's life of how to transition from your uh, elderly parents or grandparents who want to live on their own, they help people go through that process of what it might look like. So we want to thank Ellen and Credit Union, Carol Rogers, Carpa One, and Bright Star. So Steve, we're talking about uh, you know generous living, and we, we unpacked that whole stewardship thing, but you you sent me a, a statistic that really, like, wow. And it was like for every dollar the average American spend, uh, uh, makes, mm-hmm. they spend how much? A dollar twenty six. So they they take in a dollar, in working, but they're going to spend a dollar twenty six. That's true. That's the in in America. That's the average today, and so this is a problem. Sounds for like us. our government. Well, <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly. They're be- they're worse than that, I'm sure. But uh, you know, but the problem is not about how much money we make, although you know some people struggle because their income isn't you know where it needs to be. But this is a universal problem. Whether you make $100,000 a year or $200,000 a year, you can still spend more than you bring in. And so the issue is that 70% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck regardless of their income. Okay, well that's, uh, that's another conviction there going on. Um, yeah, I'm very inspiring to <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so okay, you're going to help us. How do, how, do, how do we stop doing that? Well, I, I got to thinking about what God's Word says about this, and it gives us a lot of instruction, right? Mm-hmm. 2,350 verses. I think that's because God wanted us to know His ways of doing this. And I, I believe... Not, I to, not to limit us, but to give us... Yeah. Stewardship is really not something God wants from us as much as it is something God wants for us, right? And what He's really after is our hearts. Mm. Because the, the thing that can sometimes be the chief competitor in our lives for our relationship with God is this issue of money. And so he just really wants us to get that right, use it for the reasons that he had intended for it to be used. So Steve, you, you talk about uh, some markers of how do we, how, how can we go down the path? And we're not going to get this perfect. We're not going to bat a thousand, but we can be on the right path towards good stewardship, biblical stewardship, and so that we can have freedom. You know, it's really a freedom thing for us. I mean, if we if we're taking in a dollar and we're spending a dollar twenty six, really, what that's that leads to bondage. That's correct. Yep. So talk about some of the markers of what it means to walk in in the path toward freedom when it comes to this whole generous living and being a good steward. The first marker would be to save wisely, and that's really. Um, what the Bible teaches is that a wise person is going to anticipate future needs and save up for them. Proverbs twenty one twenty: the wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools spend whatever they get. So that means you're going to have an emergency fund set aside so that when emergencies happen, it doesn't devastate you or you don't turn to credit cards and go into debt to deal with those kind of emergencies. Uh, statistics are that the average American in a 10-year span is going to have some kind of devastating financial thing happen to them. Lose a job, um, have some major home repair that needs to be done, a car uh, that, that breaks down. And so we need to be prepared for those emergencies. The second thing we need to do is anticipate 
that someday we're going to need to be retired from working. You know, we can work as long as we can. At some point, our our older age and our health is going to maybe prevent us from being able to earn the kind of income we're earning today. So we need to prepare for that, something we need to save for uh, in the future. And then, you know, here's a novel idea. If we want something for our home to, say, improve it, then we save up for those kind of things instead of going into debt for those things. So uh, a wise person will save and anticipate a future need. Steve, how, how do we practically do that? Uh, how do you practically do that? Do you do you take a little bit of your paycheck and, and have a separate savings account? Or talk to our listeners about that. Yeah, I would exactly what you said, is that you want to budget for that on a monthly basis. You want to take some part of your budget and make it a savings uh, thing that you do. And so you'll say, okay, I'm going to have car repairs that will probably be around, say, $500 a year for the maintenance on your cars and maybe tires, things like that. And so you divide that by 12 and you save into a separate account that amount every month so that when that time comes, you've got that over in the savings account and you're prepared to handle um, that expense that will come along someday. Um, a vacation that you want to take with your family and you, you plan that out and you create a budget for it and so you save a little bit every month so that when that time comes to go on that vacation you can do that with cash as opposed to credit cards. Mm. Um, I often encourage people to um, begin saving now for their next car purchase, right? You, you look at, well, how long do you anticipate this car will last? Well, maybe you can drive the car for 10 years, maybe you can drive it for eight years. And you begin to say, okay, in eight years, I'm going to be needing to buy a new car. So what what do I anticipate the cost of that being? And then divide that up over those eight years and begin to save for it so that you can pay cash at that time. That's so, good. Uh, that's that's good stuff. So different ways. So, okay, so what else we need to do? The second thing is to live on a budget. We just talked about that, right? Um, Proverbs 21.5 say, The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. And so having a budget is just us saying intentionally how we plan and purposefully plan to spend the money that God's entrusted to us. We know where every single dollar is going to go by having a plan for it instead of just getting to the end of the year and wondering where it all went, which is something that most people do. Don't look at me, Kurt. (laughs) This is... um this is good stuff. Well, let's, truth be told, you know, we talked about this yesterday. I, all these things are me right now today. And I struggle with doing budgets. In fact, I got a friend of mine who called me on Sunday and he said, how's your budget? Because I've, I've come to him and said, I need help. I need accountability and I need some, some all of this. And uh, it's one of those things that I think a lot of people just don't talk about them because yeah, it's embarrassing or it's, you know, it's humbling to have to say, I'm spending more money than I make. And it's it's something that's more common than I think we want to admit. Steve, when we are spending more money than we're making and we're struggling to live in this budget thing, there there's some there's a lot of help out there in the world. There's the Dave Ramsey um, Financial Peace University. Um, uh, Ron Blue mm-hmm. do, does some really cool stuff. Um do you, have, do you have a resource or whatever as well that you could share with our listeners? Well, I, you know, I think Financial Peace University is a great way to learn how to begin to live on a budget and to do some of these things that we're talking about today. Um, at 
the church where I work, we have uh, one-on-one financial coaches that can kind of come alongside of you and help you uh, develop a plan and then hold hold you accountable for a few months to sort of start walking in that plan uh, for your life. I, I think Chad's right. You kind of need another person in your life that's kind of a part of helping hold you accountable to live in that way because it's not easy. So if you... Uh, if you're if you're married, you would recommend, hey honey, we, let's let's go talk to uh, whether it's Dave Ramsey go, going through the Financial Peace University, go to, going through it together, mm-hmm. but really or or getting a coach and sitting down and laying all your finances out and going, okay, we need a little help here. That's right. Is that what you're saying? That's what that's what I would advise people to do. Yes, it's good stuff. Okay, um, what else do we need to do to keep on the path of, of generous living and good stewardship? The third thing I would say is to get debt-free. A lot of people are going to have to begin to journey in that direction, but then to, to live in a way in which you remain debt-free uh, because it gives you the opportunity to be more generous and to live this generous life that we're talking about. You know, the average salary in America is $48,600. That would mean that the average tithe that you would give, the 10% of your income that you give to the church would be $405 a month. But the reality is, is that those monies are oftentimes being spent on other things related to debt. The average car payment in America is $499 a month. The average student loan today is $404 a month. So for many people, the money's already gone. It's already obligated to these debts that they have taken on in their life, and it's one of the biggest barriers to people living generously. What? Um, and when you say debt-free, are you talking about mortgage getting getting rid of the mortgage too, or is that? And and we probably need to take a break because I want I want to really pick your brain and heart on that. So we can have a clear understanding. Let's do that. Yeah, so we'll take a break and come back here shortly. And uh, I was reminded on Genesis 2.15, it says, The Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. That was before sin entered the world. So working and taking care, stewardship was given to us from the very beginning. So we're going to talk more about that when we come back on Solid Steps Radio. 